Amen. Luke chapter number 22. I, I have a, a text here that I, I'll just read one verse, and then if the Lord will help me, I want to preach for just a few minutes on, on something that God has burdened in my heart and that I've been sharing in places that God allows me to stand. Look in verse number 53. This is what Jesus said. He said, When I was daily with you in the temple, you stretched forth no hands against me. But then he says this, But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Heavenly Father, Lord, as I bow in your presence again this morning, Lord, I'm thankful for another opportunity to stand, Lord, to open the Bible and to preach your Word. God, I know that I have many inadequacies. Lord, I pray that none of those which today hinder the Word of God from going out and challenging and charging the hearts of men. God, I pray, Lord, I, I, I pray, Lord, as we stand in a place where I know that the flesh will surely fail. God, I pray that we might stand today and preach, not in enticing words of man's wisdom, not in eloquency of speech, but I pray in that power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we need that unction that only You can give. We need that anointing that... Lord, we need that touch. And Lord, I believe as the pastor has already noted, God, we need to go back to that place and just realize uh, once again what it is that you've done for us. Lord, what a wonderful work when you reach down in the darkened heart of humanity and save a sinner out of the pits of hell. God, help us to never get over that. Lord, I pray today that we might say something that might help each man of God that's here today. Lord, I pray, take us, Lord, and use us as you see fit. Guide our thoughts, guard our lips. And we thank you for it in Jesus' sweet name. Amen and amen. I want to I wanna talk along these lines for just a few minutes. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a mountain preacher. And so I'm going to try to hold back. But if I feel a touch, I, I don't tell it. I mean, I may jump a few. And so you, you not, pray for me. But I, I think here in these scriptures, I've read them many times, but I, I, I find something that, that, that as I begin to ponder on it, uh, reveals some great depth and with that some great truth. When Jesus makes this statement, He says, but this is your hour and the power of darkness. And the Lord will help me for just a few moments. I want to preach along these lines on ministering in the midst of darkness. We find Jesus here coming to the end of His earthly ministry. As He is doing this, you would think surely as He has fed thousands, He has raised the dead, He has given sight to the blind, He has calmed storms, He's done miracle after miracle. He's ministered to man after man, family after family. And surely His popularity will be at an all-time high. And surely His acceptance would be as great as it's ever been. But the reality is in these closing out hours, I mean, He is revived. He is ridiculed. He is rejected. And the very ones that He has served and then will turn on Him and cuss Him and then Peter will deny Him. And we find that the closing out hours of His ministry are not spent in, in days of grandeur and glory. But He said, this is your hour and the power of darkness. When I think about that, I think about who is saying that. This is not a... Defeated, depressed, discouraged, independent Baptist preacher. 
This is the light of all eternity. And the light of all eternity, the light that, that is shined before there was a sun to shine, and a light that will shine through the endless age, is declaring the power of darkness. In my mind, I think, my, what a contradiction. Darkness and light. So I begin to study and think about that. I, I begin to think about in my Bible where I find light mentioned. And as I look throughout my Bible, I find that a light is found in creation. That is a sovereign light. God says, let there be, and the sun begins to shine. He takes the stars and He hangs them out on nothing, and they have hung there ever since. And not for one moment have they failed to do what God has created and commissioned them to do. And God merely in the essence and power of who He is says, let there be, and light is. I think about light in creation. I think about the light of the commandments, the light of the Scriptures. And how that this light illuminates the hearts and minds of men. And can I just pause for a moment and, and maybe veer from my outline for a, a moment and say I'm thankful for the day that the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ has shined down into my darkened heart and let me see the depraved state that I was in. The hell that was awaiting me, I'm glad God I didn't, God didn't just leave me out there and send me out there and just leave me alone, but I'm glad that He came to where I was and shine the light of the gospel down in my heart and save my wretched soul. I think about the light of the commandments. I think about the light of the conscience, the light of the soul. And how that God gives men light. And today we're in days of darkness. I do not want to get ahead of myself, but we're in days of darkness because men love darkness rather than light. And our consciences are being seared. And I think about how that God gives us the light of the conscience. I find that in my Bible. I find the light of Christ, John 1, the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And so when I think about that, in that light, I think about what is light. So I began a study about what light was and how that the physical light bears the image of its Creator. How that it is the refraction of light that causes us to see color. It's what brings the things around us. To life gives it vibrance. And can I say that Christ gives a vibrance to things. I think about light and how that uh, light cannot be defiled. If I had a cup of muddy water and I set it right here and begin to shine a light through it, the light would shine through that cup of filthy water. But the light itself would obtain or it would retract or it, it would not get dirty in itself. And can I say that's how Jesus is. He left the splendors of glory, took on the fashion of man, and became obedient to death. He lived in a sin-cursed world and then for sin-cursed people. But He Himself did never sin. Amen. I think about light, how that it centrally reveals defilement. Light shows Filth and dirt, it reveals things that cannot be seen without it. I think about how that life is drawn to light. Plant something out here and you shield it from the sun. It's going to grow to where it can receive the light from the sun. Life is drawn to light. And Jesus is light. 
I'm going somewhere with all of this, if you'll just bear with me. I, I think I think about light, but then I think about what the light said. And all that light is, Jesus said this, this is the power of darkness. And at face value, I, in my mind, I have trouble reconciling this because the greatest light the world has ever known or ever will know is declaring a power of darkness. I think about what darkness is and what it represents in my Bible. As the light is represented through the Scriptures and the light is represented through the Savior and the light is represented in the Spirit and the light is represented in the Sovereign, I see that the, de- that, that the darkness is represented by death. It's re- represented by demonic forces. It's represented by all that is wicked and ungodly. It's represented by sin. It's, re- it's represented by rebellion and unrighteousness and all these things, I, I find an imagery of Satan, of sin, and separation from God. I find that in the darkness of the Scriptures. Yeah. You say, preacher, where do you see darkness? I see darkness in the ministry of Christ. Amen. How, preacher? Well, I'm going to go back further than the crib. Because Jesus didn't start in a manger. He didn't end on a cross. You see, really, if I'm going to study the ministry the ministry of Christ, that I have to go back because my Bible says that He stands as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And the book of Hebrews declares an everlasting covenant. And so I've got to go back to the very beginning because before anything was, there was Christ. Before anything was, there was God. Before Before there ever was a sin, there was one willing to pay the debt of sin. There was a sacrifice willing to be made. There was a God that had you in mind long before we ever had Him in mind. But even then, there was darkness. God created the heavens and the earth, and darkness clothed the creation. I see the darkness of creation, and I see the darkness in creation still trying to overcome light. The darkness that was there in Genesis and the darkness from the fall that Adam perceived and participated in. As he took of that forbidden tree and, and the earth began to bring forth its thorns and thistles and, and uh, this earth became under a curse. I see that darkness still reigning today. I still see an earth that, that groans to be clothed with its uh, former habitation that it travails within itself uh, to get back to that place that it once had. Amen. As God created it perfect. But yet darkness is trying to prevail. In creation. Then I think about the darkness trying to prevail within the creature. You see, in us, darkness tries to prevail. The Bible said in 2 Corinthians 4, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Ephesians 5.8, He said, For you are sometimes darkness... But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. I've got many other references I could, could, could run, but for time's sake, let me simply say this. If we do not have to look hard, 
We do not have to search far within the pews of our Baptist churches to see darkness trying to prevail in the lives of those we serve. And when we look into the marriages, we look into the ministries, we look into our teenagers, and when we look into our young adults, and when we look into the elderly, from the oldest to the least, from the greatest to the smallest, and when the biggest churches to the smallest churches, it's seemingly day in and day out, week after week, we find individuals that are struggling as light has been shown in their heart. They struggle and do not let darkness to prevail over them. They struggle with ideas of depression and defeated. Why keep going? I mean, why keep serving? Why be faithful? Why knock on doors? Why pass out tracks? Why run buses? Why do this? And why do that? And can I say the seed of every thought is found in the power of darkness. Darkness trying to prevail in the creature. The ministry of Christ, he saw time and time again darkness trying to prevail. Cain and Abel. Abraham, Isaac, and Ishmael. What about it? Noah. Surely after the flood, he'll stay right with God. Hmm. David, a man after God's own heart, yet days of darkness. Do you see that, that he, uh, all the way through you find darkness seemingly prevailing in the heart of the creature? And then there's the darkness of the cross. There, I mean... Jesus is there, in essence, as an act of ministry for you and me. An act of, an act of making a way for us to be saved. And surely of the God that created everything and has all power and all might, and a God whose very essence is light, His glory is light, surely the greatest feat He will ever do will not be done in the moments of darkness. But in the moments of darkness... God makes His Son who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God. And within that darkness, amen, Jesus Christ does a work, let's just put it simply this way, that could not be done in the light for He had to be separated from God. He had to separate Himself from the Father. He had to become sin, take our sin, bear it in His body, take our iniquity and nail it to His cross. But it takes place in darkness. darkness. And so as I tried to reconcile these thoughts, I thought in the ministry of Christ, where there is undoubtedly moments of darkness, how do we reconcile the power of darkness and the person of light? And it came to me this way. This is your hour. It is but a moment. And you go back and you can go from Genesis all the way through the Revelation. And you can find in the ministry of Jesus moments where those He has served, those He has called, those He has commissioned. 
seemingly be overtaken by darkness, overtaken by sin, succumbing to the circumstances that surround them. But yet, in the end, life always wins. For there's one thing, one element about life that we failed to mention as we described it, and that is no amount of darkness can ever overtake life. That in the darkness of moments, in the darkest of circumstances, in the most in the most uh, most dark places of your life, in the darkest places of your mind, in the darkest places of your ministry, as long as the light of Christ is shining, the light will always win. The light will always win. I said the light will always win. Light always drives out darkness. I'm about to have a happy fit, and I know I'm about supposed to be done, but but I can't help it. Because I'll be honest, I've had moments of darkness. I've had times in my ministry, I'm not talking about, man, my life before I saved, I understand why when I was doing things I shouldn't, amen, hell was seemingly raining in my life. I understand that. But I'm talking about those times where I've decided, man, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to live God. I'm going to live, I'm going to live separated. I, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to live like God wants me to live. And then all of a sudden, all of hell seemingly attacks and wars on my soul. I, hey, and seemingly the power of darkness is greater than I can bear. I could, I could give examples, but can I give just one? I remember me and my wife, Cindy, we were in the process. We've been pastoring the church for a few years. God was seemingly blessing. There's a lot of things going right. And we were blessed. God gave us a house, literally. We were remodeling that house. And God had given us a son. He was six months old. Man, things seemed good. I say everything seemed right on track. But that, that, that Sunday night in December, she, uh, we were having a discussion. Y'all ever had discussions with your wife? Yeah, we was having a discussion. About the color of an accent wall. She wanted, she wanted to paint that wall there where the kitchen cabinets is going to be in the fireplace. She wanted to color, paint that navy blue. Said, no. We ain't going liberal around here. They're going beiges and browns. Neutral colors. Nuh-uh, no accent wall up in here. I remember I had a heated discussion. Went to bed mad. You know how silly that is? Man, that's silly. The moment we was both very serious. Went to bed mad that night, and I remember laying in the bed mad. Carson, he, he slept at the foot of the bed there in the crib. and About 2 o'clock rolled around, and she got up, get him. Took him out in the living room and woke me up. I thought, man, I hope she gets him to sleep soon. I need to get up. I got things I got to do tomorrow. I got to work. Still aggravated. Carson keeps crying, keeps crying. And uh, I remember hollering in there at her, saying, can, "You need help with him. Can you not? Can you not take care of him?" This, well, it, 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 of all the illustrations I can tell, this one's going to make you think the least of me. 
That's okay. And I was smart aleck and I said it. Can you, can you not do something with you? And she said she, she, she had it. So I tried to lay there. I watched her fix his bottle and carry him over, sat down in the, in the chair and went back to sleep. A few, few moments go by. I hear him crying again. I mean, it's a different kind of cry. He's, he's really deep lung crying. And uh, I holler. I said, what's wrong? Why, can't you get him to, to calm down? I need to sleep. I don't, she doesn't respond. He's crying. He's crying. He's crying. So I get up out of the bed and I walk in there to the living room, that little single wide trailer. And I look there and laying on the floor is a bottle. Laying there on the side of the, the recliner is my son. And in the recliner is my wife. And she's having a massive stroke. Can I say in that moment, darkness overtook me like I've never experienced before. Because I thought, man, this is, this is it. I've seen enough uh, public service announcements. I've been around enough. I know the face drawn. I know all the, this is this is bad. Call the ambulance, have them to come. They take her to the hospital. They can't really do much for her. Don't do much for her. We make it to Erlanger in Chattanooga. Preachers are praying. Folks are coming. Brother Dorsey uh, sends folks up. Other folks send people. We're praying. We're asking God to do something. And in that moment, I'm sitting in a waiting room, and all these people are bringing me verses. Brother, you know what God said. God said this, and God said that. And man, those verses are true. But you know what? They, didn't, they wasn't helping me a bit right then, I'll just be honest. The darkness is too great. It's too great. And they'd come and they'd want to quote Romans 8 and they'd want to quote this and they'd want to quote that. And I'd say, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But in my, mind, in my heart and my mind, darkness was prevailing. Right. I remember curling up in the, in the bottom of a shower there in the hospital and, and crying and then just saying, God, please, please just, just let it all be over. I cannot, have, I cannot raise a six-month-old son. I cannot get through this. The darkness seemed so great that I didn't think I could ever come out. You know what? It was just for a moment. It seemed like an eternity. Those months in the hospital and the and and the things that we had to go through, the therapy, seeing the slow recovery. But you know what slow recovery is? Recovery. You know what God helped me to see about my church and some of my church members and, and some of my folks? That slow growth is growth. Yes! And, and I, I learned to pray and I learned to trust and I learned things in those moments of darkness that I would have never learned had I not experienced it. Jesus did a work in this moment of darkness that could not be done any other way. It is the only way it can be done. It is the best thing that has ever been done I mean, in the entirety of the human race. But I'm telling you this, it don't matter where you've been. It don't matter what your past is. It don't matter what the problem is prevailing in your life. It is but for a moment and the light will prevail. The light will prevail. Keep shining. Keep shining. Keep living for God. Mount that pulpit. Preach in the power of the Holy Ghost. Hey, keep serving. Keep ministering. And the darkness will flee. Amen. 
I'm sorry, preacher. I went over. Hallelujah. And glory to God and the Lamb forever. You just keep shining. You say, preacher, I, 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 it's awful dark around my church. You don't know our church's history. I don't have to know. I know Jesus. I know the light of the world. The light of the gospel. You say, preacher, you don't know the, the things I'm facing. I may not. But we all, we all encounter the same things. Yeah, we all have to deal with the same problems. Some may be on a larger scale than others, but it's all the same. And I'll tell you this, the same God, the same God, the same God that said this is your hour. Amen. We'll give you an hour where you'll realize you're prevailing over darkness. Let me finish it out. Can I finish it out, preacher? Where is it? What page am I on? Here we are. What about Rahab the harlot? Darkness of her reputation was dispelled by a scarlet thread. What about Ruth from Moab? Darkness had left her in a land of idolatry, stricken by famine, without husband and without hope. But a lie was found from a hands, a hands of a kinsman redeemer, leaving handfuls of purpose. And then Jonah found darkness in disobedience down the belly of a whale. But he found light, for salvation is of the Lord. Amen. The, the blind man, depravity left him in darkness, uh, in the darkness of a debate. Uh, who has sinned uh, that this man cannot see? Uh, but Jesus came uh, and shined the light in uh, and gave sight to the blind. Uh, uh, the lame man, uh, disaster had left him in darkness of despair uh, with no man to help him. Uh, but the light shined around about him uh, and said, Take up your bed and walk. Uh, and he went to running uh, and to leaping. Amen. I, Lazarus, uh, darkness had told him in great but the light shined in and said, Loose him and let him go. Moses, darkness tried to educate him and tried to assimilate him down the land of Egypt. But the light of a burning bush on the backside of a desert commissioned him to go and declare, Let my people go. Hey, darkness made Saul the persecutor. Paul the apostle, as the light shined down about him, hey, Paul and Saul. We're down in prison. Surely we ain't going to get out of here. But they begin to sing. And they begin to pray. And God began to move. And the earthquake. And the doors opened. And the Bible said He sprang for light. I say hallelujah. And where, where, I, where I end this usually is this, Brother Toby. Paul's testimony. He said, there's a light. Acts 9, he said, there's a light. Acts 22, he said, there's a great light. Then you go to Acts 26, and he says, there's a great a light greater than the sun. Hey, man of God, the longer you serve him, the greater he'll glow. Amen. God bless you. I love you all. Thank you for letting me.